Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Head over to Hulu this March where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Welcome to the Fringe of It. Episode number 32. How are you? I am good, thank you. How are you? I'm okay. I just realised I've got no trousers on again. Oh my god, is this the theme? Do you just whip them off before we start recording? Or is it just you gravitate towards the mic when your legs are free? What What is it? <laughs> Well, basically, I have I had a pair of cord trousers on and knitwear, but it's not quite cold enough for that. So I was walking around and I've just had my family around for dinner, and I, the oven's been on and I've been cooking and I'm really hot. And I was like, I can't, I can't record the podcast like this. I'm too hot. Did you have an apron then, on with nothing on underneath when your family arrived? <gasps> no, but here's a story um, that's going to come out of the family archives. I, d- I don't know why I've started this, but anyway, remember when the Naked Chef was, you know, really popular. 20 years ago, oh, whenever no. Jamie Oliver first came out, yeah. So my dad thought it would be hilarious um, to greet his friends that were coming around for dinner in just an apron and nothing else. Wow. And he actually had his boxers on, but, you know, from the front he looks naked. But the worst part was my friend was coming over for a sleepover oh, at no. the same time. So, yeah, but the, I mean, it was kind of, you know, painfully embarrassing but we look back now and laugh but he wasn't fully naked that is definitely one where hindsight is a beautiful (laughs) beautiful thing so I thought should I take my cardigan off to cool down but what I thought was I would probably get too cold during the podcast so I opted for my trousers off instead I'm so thank you for disclosing that and how has your week been trousers aside (laughs) Um, it's been okay. Well, it's been an, an emotional roller coaster. I think I got what is called the post-holiday blues because I haven't been on a proper, like, warm beach holiday for for so long. As I keep going on, um, you know, I've always been on a city break or stayed in the UK, and it's never really been such a contrast between holiday and home. But I got home, and I think Tuesday I spoke to you after the incident. And Tuesday night I kept rearranging candles and like rearranging things. And Jack was like, "What's wrong?" I was like, "Nothing. Nothing is wrong." And then I moved the candles again. He was like, "Are you sh- are you sure?" And I was like, "I'm fine. I am fine." That night I went to bed at eight o'clock and w- woke up the next day at eight o'clock. So I had. I think I stayed up reading for an hour. So I had a good solid 11 hours sleep and felt better. But then the next day I had an almighty clear out because I got back from holiday and I was thinking, what is all this crap in my house? You know, I've been to Turkey, I've been to Liverpool and lived in a hotel room and I did not need any of these things. So there was a large bag for charity, a large bag for recycling, a large bag to be sold. Um, and I genuinely feel better. So it was, it was a bit of a, an emotional week. How about yourself? I've had a really similar in a sense. Um, I've had well, I started off the week, it was really busy, went to Bristol, um, which I did a project for, which was great. I've never been to Bristol before, but it was gorgeous. That was Monday. And then Tuesday, I can't even think, I think I went to the dentist. Um, it, I know, all glam, going back tomorrow, all glam. Is that oh, what you're going back for? Going back for filling. Is it your first one? No, it's not. Oh, okay. Sorry. I'm really not. I hate the dentist so much. I got there and I was really like, oh, do you know what, Liv? Once this is over, it's over for another six months, year. You know, you're sorted. And he was like, do you know what? I think I'm going to have to see you again next week. And I was like, are you joking? (laughs) 
<laughs> no, no, this isn't part of the plan. And then he's like, do you know what? I'll, I'll clean your teeth then as well on Monday. I'll do everything on Monday morning. And I'm like, great, that's really going to set my week off on a really stellar note. But of course, I will book in. So that's tomorrow morning. Not that everyone needs to know my whole diary. But what else have I done this week? Halloween happened. Um, I did, I had a very uneventful Halloween. I had Joe's sister came over, which was lovely. And we watched The Apprentice. <laughs> so spooky so, my kind of spooky and then I went to the fireworks um yesterday after on Thursday I had a whole day in bed which is just I've never done it before unless I've been really poorly and I just felt completely frazzled I think I had really bad PMS which was very apt for this week's episode but I felt really down and exhausted and achy and not very good so I had a day in bed and I think it was like a tonic so I feel like we've both we've both had an emotional roller coaster of a week but I'm I'm feeling good now yeah, I feel like I'm, I'm coming out the other side um, I mean I've been tracking it on my apps again another thing we're going to tap on very very shortly um but yeah we're, we're out we're out the woods let's move on to telly chat bake off final it's obviously the first thing we need to we need to dissect I think, I think we should go go in with the bake off final what are your thoughts that by the way if you haven't seen it there are spoilers coming if you if you don't know who's won yet where have you been yeah i'm launching straight into spoiler central the, the, the right man won a hundred percent i was rooting for him even though things were going wrong i was just like come on you've made it this far do it for you know the people that aren't confident in themselves just do it for all of us and he bloody he did it do it for yourself Raul he He deserved it more than anyone and I keep seeing articles on newspapers like oh I was lonely so I started baking and just the whole story oh it warms me I I, I saw that headline today and it nearly broke me yeah it said I started baking out of loneliness and I was just um, I would say um, the technical. Let's talk about the technical because Jack was actually quite cross about the technical. He doesn't always watch the Bake Off. Oh, yeah. um, and I actually, um, I said to you, I had two episodes to catch up on. And I didn't have time to catch up on them. So um, I went straight in with the final. Ooh. And oh. yeah, I just, well, I wanted to watch it live. You see, I didn't want to like watch the three episodes and then it'd be Thursday. Yeah. Um, so Jack reluctantly watched it because he was like, well, obviously you're not going to, you're not going to accept anything less than the Bake Off final. And I was like, absolutely not. Um, and as he rightly pointed out, yeah, the pitter and dips, they look tasty. But uh, what what experience have you got for the technical? Like, it, it was very much theatre and it was interesting. But actually, how many people have made... A dip s- is not a bake. I saw your tweet. Passionate. I saw your tweet. Passionate. But like, yeah, you know, you can't show off your technical skills. It, it was underwhelming. Can you make some pitters? Oh, they look delicious. I would have happily eaten oh, them as a snack whilst watching the Bake Off. It was a bit like it was a bit of an underwhelming technical. I wouldn't, yeah, but wasn't my favorite. It wasn't my favorite of all the challenges they've done the whole series. The ones it kind of almost felt a bit like bar- barrel scrapey for ideas towards the end. I did not like the showstopper. No, I didn't. That's what I mean. I feel like there's been so many more imaginative themes and final like challenges. In my mind, as a, as a lasting memory, I just feel like it just makes me think of, you know, those coloured gels that you use to ice, fa- like fairy and cakes. And then you'd end up mixing them all together and it'd make a really horrible dark green colour. Yes. And you'd be like, oh, that's that's not what's meant to happen. Um, I just thought I just thought they all did really well. But yeah, next season, I'm interested to see where they're going to go. Oh, me too. Because I think a little room for improvement. Yes, I agree. Did love it though. Did love it. Have you watched anything else this week? Well, I I don't want to launch into what I've seen unless you've got something else to tell me. I've got well, I've got one more thing I'm going to touch on that's of interest. Otherwise, I could just go on. But this week, I have been obsessed with Strictly. You're well and truly like feet under the table with Strictly, aren't you? Oh, I'm obsessed. So last week was the Halloween special, which is always, always my favourite episode because they just do these amazing dances to songs I love. And this week there are a few dances that I just could not. I've watched. I really recommend if anyone watches anything of Strictly, they watch Faye Toza's Routine, um, also known as Faye from Steps. Um, she has other talents, I promise. Um, and she did a dance to Fever, 
and it was the best thing I've watched it I've shown everyone this week that I've seen I'm like did you see face routine on Strictly though um because it was so brilliant um and I'm just completely obsessed with it I love her I love Joe Sugg I love Ashley I love Graham and Oti I'm just obsessed I can name everyone I'm so excited um when does Strictly run until I feel like it's quite a festive I feel like definitely the beginning of December we've got a few weeks left we're on week seven so I feel like mm, we've comfortably got another five or six. Oh, okay. I might get into it because I do, I do like getting into things when there's less people. Okay, well, you have come at the right time. Okay, I think it's time. I think I need some sequins and, and fake fur feather boa kind of. I just love it. And I love. I saw a tweet by Dolly, Ald- Dolly Alderton this week and she said, like, the sound of being at your parents is the unapologetic horns of Strictly coming. And I'm like, that is just my Saturday sound now. Those I am I live for it. I it's just like my happy program. It requires zero thought, zero zero like emotional intelligence, and it just makes you feel good. And it's nice seeing people get better at something. Me and my like my friend Sarah was talking about this, and she said it's just really heartwarming to watch people do something well and get better. Yeah, and and we don't see a lot of that, do we? No, and it's just everyone's having a really good time. Talking of a good time. Oh, pray tell, what have you? I know what you've watched. Just how was Bo Rap? Bohemian Rhapsody <laughs> was sen. I've got goose pimples, actually, as you said it, um, specifically on my left leg for some reason. <laughs> wow. um, so I was, I was getting worried again. So, firstly, I'd just like to say A Star is Born was it was getting getting ridiculous like the soundtrack has been on it's been at least three weeks now um and we even watched the 70s version from 1977 with uh, Barbra Streisand I saw that on Netflix and I didn't know whether to give it any Uh, go in it's sensational the um I've said sensational twice the outfits for for that would be your main reason for watching. And also in the credits, when it says costumes by, it's like Barbara Streisand's own wardrobe. Oh, wow. Yeah, so good. It's it's um, it's definitely moved on with the times in terms of, like I didn't find the main character, the, I can't remember what he's called, the man, well, he's called Jack, but he's, he's not as charming. And you're like, why are you obsessed with him? Like, I don't get it. Whereas Bradley Cooper, you know, a lot more attractive with that hairy pectoral muscle. So, yeah, anyway, I watched that. And then I thought, should I watch the Judy Garland version of Star is Born? And then I was like, no, it needs to stop. And then luckily, I I can't even remember Star is Born anymore because I went to see Bohemian Rhapsody last night. And my new obsession (laughs) is is Queen and Freddie Mercury. I mean, Queen are already one of my favourite bands, but they've definitely just pushed themselves up to number two after the Beatles. That's that's where they sit. What, what to say? So yeah, I was worried because next week I'm in London and I was thinking, when can I get to cinema? Like, I need to see it. It's already been out too long. Um, and then last night I just called my parents and was like, can you babysit June? And they they had her for the evening um, and she stayed at their house. So me and Jack went to the cinema at half past six. We literally dropped June off about quarter to six. Oh. By half past six, we were sat in the cinema. Firstly, Rami Malek is just unbelievable. Like he is Freddie Mercury. Oh, I knew he'd be brilliant. He's so good. And the rest of the band, like Brian May, I can't believe that that is not Brian May. Really? just some of the costumes Brian May wore there was a particular phase that he went through where he wore sports socks and clogs and just really short short shorts well I was thinking for the winter I was like could I do that um I don't know what to say about it I mean I, I tried to avoid reviews but it's really hard even just seeing tweets um about what people thought but I personally loved it and I think because I know so, so much about Queen, I maybe filled the blanks yeah. in, whereas some people are saying it's too clean, you know, it shouldn't have been a 12. And then on the other hand, I think, well, if it can introduce Queen's music to a younger generation, then, then why not? So I can kind of see some of the criticisms. I, no, I can't actually, because me and Jack, so basically we went to the cinema and one of the best things about the film is just listening to Queen at such oh, I, volume. Yeah, I love that. I love that about Mamma Mia. <laughs> I was waiting for it. <laughs> Sorry. And just listening to Queen at that volume, like we stayed even when the credits were rolling because there was a Queen was it performance. Like being in a club? Um, it, it, do you know what? 
for a Saturday night, it was quite rock and roll for me um, until I ended up at Tesco at quarter to ten buying a pizza, an oven pizza. <laughs> the Live Aid performance was spectacular. And then we got home to watch. So as soon as we got home, YouTube went on. Um, and I've seen the Live Aid performance of Queen before, but the way that the that when you compare them side by side, they'd done it like for like, even the Pepsi cups on top of the piano and the amount of beer that was in all the beer glasses. And people said, oh, you know, it was just a like for like performance. But what, if they hadn't done it like for like, they would have got slated yeah, for that like, as well. It's not, so the thing is, it's not, it wasn't, I don't get the idea it was made to be an interpretation. People aren't watching it for an interpretation of his life. They're watching it because they want to know. Yeah, I mean, they did, play around there was a few artistic licenses like things don't add up like in in terms of chronological order and things like that but somebody said yeah quite a few people said that it was um I don't know that they didn't really portray sexuality but I don't know that's what I'm saying I think sometimes because I know so much about Queen as I say I did fill in the blank so it was quite hard to watch it from that point of view pretending Mm -hmm. I didn't know anything about Queen because I'd just have to delete my memory um so go and watch it I will happily go and watch it again with you um desperate to see it it's so good and yeah and all that's been on ever since so we watched the live aid um footage on YouTube then we watched Queen at Wembley and then we watched Freddie Mercury interviews and I've got my Queen t-shirt on and it's just Queen 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 in our house that's that's it um and to tie in not that I watched it, but the the uh, Christmas lights down Carnaby Street are the lyrics to Bohemian Rhapsody, That's and they're just beautiful. Cool. That's so, I'm very yeah. excited to see. I them. saw them on Oof. Friday, um, which was why I kind of thought, right, we have, you know, we need to get to cinema now to see this. It really reignited that passion. Yeah, so it's taken the taken the torch of a Star Is Born obsession. Um, yeah, it, something needed to happen, an intervention, something. Let's move on to shopping. Honestly, I don't feel I've had a very eventful shopping week. No, but this is good. We, we said we would consume less and we are consuming less. After my clear out and my declutter, it's kind of been made apparent a few things that I need in terms of I need, I need a jug for my gravy. These kind of things, you know, you know the essentials. Um, and I thought I hadn't bought anything this week, but I did do a naughty purchase Ooh, in Liverpool. What did she do? What did she buy? So there is a red dress circulating Instagram, and it's a red maxi dress from H and M. It's got sleeves, goes in at the waist, got a couple of ruffles on the front, and Oof. then just like a ruffle bottom, very seventies. I saw Lucy Sheridan in it, you know, when you get the the Instagram, like, palm sweat. And I've been really good at that for months, like, not kind of instantly wanting something because I've seen it on Instagram. But I saw this and was like, that is the perfect kind of, like, oh. 70s Laura Ashley red dress. So I went onto the H&M website, couldn't find it. And I was like, fine, it's not meant to be. Then I saw somebody else in it and I was like, I still feel quite strongly about this dress. And normally, when I see a lot mm. of people on Instagram wearing something, it really puts me off. But I kept seeing it and I was like, I, I need this dress. Anyway, it wasn't online and I just thought I've missed it. It's not meant to be. was in Liverpool and I was like, let's just pop into H&M. Let's just have a little look. Went in and they um, they had my size and I thought, I'll just try it on. What's the worst that could happen? Worst that could happen is I, ba- I bought it and, and le- left with it. But I'm thrilled. I already wore it in the day with some white boots. So I've decided that I'm not saving it for best because I don't. I don't get many invitations, so I've I really, really enjoyed wearing it. Um, I've worn it I'm excited to see what this this dress is like. I'll wear it next week for our uh, <laughs> bow row, what bow wrap date? Stop trying to be cool, Charlotte. So that was the one thing I bought, and the other thing I bought, I'll tell you about in fridge fantasy. Right, should we move straight on to fridge fantasy? Because I really haven't done any shopping. I'm really bad. No, no, that's good. I'm that's really good. good. You're doing your bit. You're doing your thing. I'm really good. I'm controlled. So I bought a mandolin. Ooh. <laughs> Do you know what a mandolin is? No. It's one of those contraptions that you always see on the telly. Um, and you, how to describe it? So it's like a single-sided cheese grater with just one blade. It's it's quite a dangerous piece of equipment. I would never have ever guessed that. Oh, would you not? Were you thinking mini violin? Yeah. 
exactly that. Um, and basically, you can take any vegetable. Well, I bought it for potatoes, and then you can just slice them like to like quite a few millimeters thin, so they're really thin and they're all even. You can do it with onions. You could do it with parsnips. Anything you can get on there. But it was because I wanted to make dough from our potatoes. Oofed. It was a little bit pricey. Well, I bought it from Waitrose and it was £15 and I was like, oh. That's my mandolin budget completely exceeded. But um, for the recipe, you needed eight potatoes sliced. And honestly, they're about four or five mil thick. I mean, can you imagine hand slicing that? No, I'd rather not. Yeah, so um, honestly, it made such light work of the potatoes. And then I used a good food recipe. It, it tasted so good. And I was really, you know, and it looks impressive as well. You were like, yeah, I did make this. Thank you for asking. But it was really easy. It was all, the, the investment went into the, the mandolin. That sounds heavenly. Uh, what else have I been eating? Oh, well, that was it. My, my mandolin and my dauphinoir. What did I eat? What have I eaten? Cheese toasty season's upon us. Um, Ooh. We made a cracker of a cheese toasty. So we make a paste. Um, <laughs> All you're going to with... have is me going, oh, <laughs> I've thought of something. Um, we make a paste. So you grate the cheese, get some spring onions, a bit of Worcestershire sauce, and then a, a dollop of creme fraiche in between two layers of sourdough, and then put some cheese in the pan to kind of make like a cheese crust. Wow. So we kind of fry our cheese toasters. I mean, it's it's not, it's been a heavy dairy week in this house. That sounds heavenly though. I did have my first hot chocolate of the season. Did you? Where did you, where did you have it? Did you make it at home? Yeah, I just had it in my parents' house. They had a little machine that made it frothy. Um, That's exciting. So did they do it with powder and then put the milk in? Yeah, it's just, it's just the Cadbury's one, but that's my favourite. Yeah, but if you've got the milk frother. Oh, it was so good. I do look forward to a nice, um, a nice starbucks or prep one i know that's not the coolest place to suggest but you know take your keep cup well you actually i think you told me starbucks do a good one i went to rococo in covent garden the chocolate shop and i spent three pound fifty on 70 percent chocolate hot chocolate it was incredible i don't love ones that are really like like drinking melted chocolate well, I think we should maybe start a ranking system. Mm-hmm. Like um, the turkey sandwiches at Christmas. Yes, let's let's start with the hot chocolate. So for me, um, have you had the, um, what's the place in Paris called? Oh, Angelina's. Yeah, have you had their hot chocolate? Yeah, it's not my favourite. I do like it, but it's a bit thick, it's a bit not. thick. Okay, so maybe we're looking for different things in a hot chocolate. Mm. Um, because I'd rank that as the best thing I've ever had. I'd give that a 10. Right, I need to try the Starbucks one. That, that, I'll do that this week. I'll take my keep cup and I'll get my hot okay. chocolate. Okay. Let's... And then we can review them. I like that. Let's do that. <laughs> Shall we move on to today's very special guest? This was the best interview we've ever done in terms of just how, how much knowledge she has. I don't know what to say. I was floored by We just her. got very, very excited. And I felt like I came home and I was talking to Joe about things I'd learned. Oh, were you? I feel like it's really empowering to know more about your body as well. Yeah. I mean, I've known Anita for years and we always kind of, well, we just talk like you talk to friends. And I don't think I've ever realised just how incredible she is and how much knowledge she has. So it was really awesome to talk to her in that capacity. I've been very excited about this interview. So without further faff... (laughs) This is our interview with the wonderful Anita Mitra, who is one of the most interesting, inspiring and educated women when it comes to all things, well, obsangini, everything. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. 
Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. So we are joined by... Dr. Anita Mitra, but you're a doctor doctor, and I'm going to read all the letters that come after your name. So Anita is a got a BSc, a MBCHB, and a PhD. We are in Anita's flat in London, and you qualified in 2011, and you can tell us more about what you do, but online you are the gyna geek. I am, yeah. So um, yeah, I work in the NHS, I'm a doctor, and I specialise in obstetrics and gynaecology. So as Charlotte put it, um, I get babies out. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's obstetrics so we look after pregnant women so we're doing antenatal clinics um, looking after them if they have problems and they need to come into hospital um, and then also yeah we um, help deliver babies so helping with deliveries cesarean sections that get them out thing. get babies out exactly <laughs> if they don't want to come out sometimes we have to get them out I do gynecology as well so that means uh, basically anyone who's non-pregnant who has problems with their lady bits basically so things like hormones periods, um, pelvic floor problems, problems with getting pregnant, um, yeah, the whole whole host of things, and also gynae cancers as well. So and that's your passion, the gynecology area, isn't yeah. it? That's what you're That's why I'm of... the gynae geek. <laughs> the whole female health umbrella is, yeah. you just rock it. I just, I was saying, like, when I came in, I was like, oh, so it reminds you of Adam Kay's, like, like, this is going to hurt, and I was like, I said, is that what it's like? And you were just like, yep. Yeah, I think that that book is incredible. It, I mean, it's such an accurate re- representation of like what being a doctor is like in the NHS. Um, I actually met him the other week, and I was totally not cool. I just, I was like so overwhelmed and starstruck, I couldn't speak, and I think he was like, oh, "Sorry, who is this person?" Is that like a fashion blog on meeting <laughs> Yeah, basically, I guess so. You are one of the hardest working people I know. First of all, I mean, a job in the NHS isn't easy. Like, how many hours a day would you say you're on your feet and? Um, so if we're in theatre, we need to be in the hospital normally about 7am, um, so we see the patients before um, they go down to theatre and consent them, and then we normally finish around like 5, 6 o'clock, um, but if we're working a long day, so that's the 13 hour shift basically, so it's kind of like 8 till um, eight in the morning till 9pm at night, and you literally like run around, probably pee about once, um, <laughs> That's that's basically it. You have to be switched on, don't you, the whole time, it's not like one of those jobs where you've got a long shift, but you know you can switch off a little bit or you can mentally wander somewhere else like or you can pop to the toilet and stop your phone and scroll for five minutes (laughs) actually i know i have always have this thing i'm like i'm just gonna treat myself to a wee (laughs) (laughs) go on just just one exactly so oh my god and on top of that you're pretty uh, passionate about the gym yeah and those games and then you've just signed a book deal i have When is that coming out and what is it all about? Yeah, so I basically, well, the reason I started the whole gynae geek thing was because I was a bit frustrated by what I was reading online and kind of like seeing things that were just kind of incorrect or like really misleading and also seeing, without disrespect, a lot of people who weren't really qualified and Mm. then people asking them questions and obviously they can't really answer them and I was thinking, okay, there's a need for this kind of information. Um, so it's a bit of a tricky one because there aren't a lot of doctors out there um, in the UK who are putting out health related information because it's a bit it's a new world to all of us and it's a bit difficult because we have to be quite careful because the General Medical Council who gives us our medical license Mm. has quite strict rules on how you interact with patients um, and use social media and things Um, so yeah I just kind of sought to do it in a really responsible way and just give people like the proper evidence um, and just explain how things really work I was just going to say that's what I love about your post is that you uh, kind of as a footer you're like you can read further information on this yeah. published uh, what, not articles what are they yeah articles yeah, yeah. like um but that like, you can go and do further research and that's what I particularly love about your post Thank it's you. not just kind of like here's some info yeah. end of it's like it's here's some info edu- and further reading it's the education as well you're supplying education you're not le- like you know you're not an online doctor surge yeah. people can't just say oh what's wrong here or like like you know you can't just pour out your problems but it's actually educating people so they can understand their bodies better yeah and like I think well that's the aim basically yeah so which, then I've turned it into a book now um, which is going to be like a really sensible back to basics guide um, to well down there healthcare as the uh, subtext is but I'm just thinking about it now when has anybody ever sat me down and told me about my vagina 
and, yeah. and what well, goes exactly. on. exactly, we don't. And, I mean, I remember at school being taught about periods, and I remember the boys all being taken out um, into another room. I Which don't know is what ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I just didn't understand what a period was. I thought it was an egg cracking and all the contents coming out. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, that's, that's, that's why. Sorry, I'm laughing at you. No, You're the one with a PhD like... and I'm laughing at you. That's, that's... <laughs> but I mean, this is what like people are being taught at school. And I'm, I think yeah. it is a bit different today, but I can tell it's not quite there still because of the kind of things that people come and ask me. And I never want anyone to feel stupid when mm, they ask me a question yeah. or, you know, when I put something online and I'm like, okay, tell, tell people about something. And I don't want anyone to think they're stupid because they don't know it. Because if no one's ever told you, how are you supposed to know? I think that's like a lot of things with growing up as well. Like it kind of all falls under this umbrella where you're like, but actually no one's ever told me this yeah, before. Exactly. Like start putting condoms on bananas. Yeah. I mean... But that's the thing, like, there's lots of things you actually I don't know how to do it because yeah. I've never done it before. And that's exactly. so natural. And I mean, I remember when I was at school, I used to carry around this, like, almost this huge makeup bag in my bag filled with, like, emergency, in case I came on my period supplies. I'd, like, a spare pair of pants. And then, obviously, I just came on and I was like, I was not expecting this. Like, it was the world was ending. But I feel like there is just such a lot of taboo about women's health. And I just wanted to talk to you about why you think that is. Like, even when we're in primary school... You're nicknaming your vagina, mm. things like, I've heard all sorts, like other women's names, like Minnie, Mary, what did you say? Uh, Nunu. Nunu, mm. like this, it's never addressed as the vagina. And like you say, it's like, well, you can, a child can say that's your ear, that's your mouth, but it's, it's a body part. Yeah, exactly. I think one of the problems is that, you know, women's genitalia in particular is quite sexualized, mm. And I think that that's one of the main reasons. Um, Some people are like, oh, you can't say the word vagina in front of your child. But then that, that kind of breeds that mm. concept of like that being a dirty word if you can't say that in your like it's house. Or, yeah, exactly. And I, 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 yeah, I think that the word vagina is seen to be quite inappropriate because, yeah, it just, people think of it as like a sexual organ and that's it. But, you know, the vast majority of us came through one. So yeah. <laughs> we came into the world. But that, yeah. And do you think that's why there is such a taboo with talking yeah. about it I think female that's, health? And that's it? the main reason. Another reason that I see quite consistently in um, in the hospital is that people don't really know what to call the different parts. So... A lot of people ask me, is my vagina normal? And so the vagina is actually the tube inside. But what they always mean is their vulva. But yeah. if you ask someone, like, where is your vulva? A lot of people won't know because, again, that's not a word. That I feel like I would have failed properly. that test. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, I, now you've explained it, I do know. But if it, it was like a, a pub label, quiz question. Label yeah. I, yeah. the parts. Exactly. And I think then it's really difficult to, particularly if people have health problems, they probably feel quite embarrassed to come and speak to a doctor about you know how, how do you describe where that problem is or the mm, thing that's yeah. bothering you so I think again it's all about terminology and just getting children really used to saying those words and talking to them it's about so them. true because I think even as an adult there is that there'd be an embarrassment of going to the doctor saying oh yeah my vulva you'd be like oh but what if that's not the right thing or like you wouldn't be like oh, what's that part and you don't want to ask if you're like an yeah, adult yeah I can understand I'm very know. good at charades I know all the like charades <laughs> for, yeah like this for... <laughs> have you heard some great this? words for them I have yeah <laughs> have you got a favourite oh I think probably the best one was when someone was like I've got a problem with my pussy and I was like oh okay then <laughs> We're really getting it out there. Oh, look at me. That's just just trying to make me blush. It doesn't really matter, to be honest, because the thing is, I just want people to feel comfortable. Mm. Yeah. Uh, You know. And you're like, you have got that in space. Okay, if that's what you want to call it, that's absolutely fine by me, because I just want, yeah, I just want someone to feel like... You must have seen a thousand vaginas, like... I mean, I've lost count now. It's... it's, Yeah. uh, it's very possible. I you, mean, you're uh, probably seeing more than a beautician who's waxing, like because you know they might get a leg wax and an armpit wax and maybe a couple of bikini waxes a day, whereas yours is just consistently vaginas yeah. all day long. Exactly. Yeah. So to you, they're just a, another bo- yeah, body and part. Yeah, normal. And this is the thing that there's this idea that they have to be like neat and tidy and symmetrical and stuff, but you know, no one actually has symmetrical labia. It's like no one has. Symmetrical eyebrows. I mean, I hope no one does because mine are horrendous. They well, yours, look, yours looking groomed. They're meant to be sisters and not twins. Well, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so there's, but there's this idea that everything has to be perfect, and you know, and I think also all this talk about labiaplasty. Have you heard of that? Um, it's where you basically get your labia trimmed to make them. Oh my god! But I oh. neat and tidy. Ouch. Um, yeah, it's Ouch. just something that's being kind of like talked about online um, that I've noticed, and then people are kind of like, oh god, so do I need that doing? Um, and it just kind of raises this awareness of an idea that you should be 
worried about something that maybe you weren't even worried about to start with I've yeah. never thought about so, that I think exactly. I've, spent, I've thought about this online with what the things you discuss that sometimes if you say it in a certain way it plants a seed in someone else's head that that's something they should be worrying or thinking about where they weren't even concerned about yeah. and I was saying this to you about um the amazing program or slightly horrendous program is Naked Attraction I knew she'd she want it in I knew she want it in but because I was saying about the fact that in a way it's like it's positive because it does show that there is no normal but on the other hand it does promote an image where you've got a guy saying oh that's tidy or that's neat and it's if it's not one of those like positive adjectives then you're kind of like oh but should it be neat like Mm. obviously neat in inverted commas because it's a body part yeah exactly you've got no control over how they grow that's just the way that you know the world <laughs> what what other things do you think are damaging trends at the moment like we had a little bit of a chat pre, um, pre-hand but about kind of feminine feminine hygiene and things yeah, like that I think that's kind of a big thing that's coming up because I've just seen a lot of uh, like feminine products coming onto the market that basically we don't need so I think to start with I just want to say that really your your vagina and your vulva they clean themselves so we've got good bacteria um, in the vagina so Mm. that's um, part of what my PhD is about that helps to kind of like slough off all the dead skin cells there Um, it's like using an acid toner on your on your skin it all just yeah it's all going on behind the scenes you don't need to do anything to it Um, and so it's quite common to get like abnormal vaginal discharge that has a smell or that can be quite irritating. So discharge itself is completely normal. That's basically how you don't get vagina chafe um, and how your everything is getting clean. Go on, Charles. Vagina chafe. Yeah, so if you didn't have vaginal discharge, yeah. your vaginal walls would yeah. be like chafing. Oh, like, pro- like cha- I th- oh, I wonder if yeah. you meant chafing. Oh, okay, so the discharge so, can be good. Yeah, it's basically a lubricant and, mm. and moisturising. So it's normal, everyone has discharge, that's how your body works. But if it becomes very itchy or foul-smelling, that can be a sign that um, you know the, the good bacteria has been replaced with, um, a ba- well, inverted commas, bad bacteria. And that can have a smell and be irritating. So a lot of people think if that's happening, it's because they're not cleaning themselves properly, they're being unhygienic. And so they buy lots of these like feminine washes and wipes and things. Actually, that just makes the problem worse. And so it's like a vicious cycle. So I get a lot of people coming to see me and they're like, God, I've got a really irritated vagina. I don't know what to do. And I'm like, okay, what are you doing to sort this out? And they're like, well, I'm using this, 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 and this. And I'm like, right, okay, so we're going to stop all of that now. Mm -hmm. And you literally just need to use like a bit of warm water and just, you know, rinse the area. That's it. You don't need to clean inside. It's literally just like rinsing on the outside. I tell them to do that. They come back after a couple of months. Everything is completely sorted. Oh, really? Body yeah. is amazing, exactly. isn't it? You just leave it to its own devices. Yeah, so so where where do you stand on thrush then? You know, like thrush creams and things yeah, like so that. Yeah, so that's a bit different. Okay. So that's more of like a medical treatment. Yeah. So the, the, the medical causes of having abnormal discharge. Mm-hmm. Um, so thrush is really common. So that's mm-hmm. when you get... A, it's always described as like a cottage cheese discharge. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I'm trying it to be true. mature. I can't take her anywhere. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> So that's that tends to be really itchy. Um, that's very, very common, particularly in pregnant women, people who use the pill, just any woman. I mean, I don't think there's any woman who wouldn't get thrush at some point in their life. Mm-hmm. So yeah, thrush creams and um, thrush tablets, mm-hmm. pessaries that you use in the vagina, they're absolutely fine because that's to treat sort of a medical problem. Right, okay. Then you've got something called bacterial vaginosis. Mm-hmm. And that is, again, something where the good bacteria has been disturbed and then you can use a, a antibiotic for that. Um, so normally something like metronidazole, it's called. Um, but then, you know... Those, both thrush and bacterial vaginosis can be brought on by excessive hygiene. Right, okay. So yeah, so using washes and wipes and things, not needed. Put them in the bin. Exactly. But also I've seen a lot of like vulval serums and like moisturizers and basically anything you can get for your face, you can get it for your vulva now. And I've even seen people advertising vulval facials online. And I kind of watched it, it's very bizarre. It's like some woman who kind of does all the things you would do in a facial. Oh my on your god. Vulva. Well again you just don't need these kind of things. Um and all the kind of um all the words that these companies use to market all these products make it sound like it's really natural and really good for you. Um, but also use a lot of words like brightening and tightening and plumping. And none of these words need to apply to your vulva. So there's really very few products that you need to use. It precipitates this idea that women are not doing enough to clean themselves, doing enough to pamper themselves. 
you know, you don't need to do Can them. you imagine a man doing, like, a facial for his penis? Like, <laughs> Well, I mean, that's why I became a gynaecologist, because I didn't want to look at another penis again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm lost for words. I don't even know what my next question is. I mean, I've got a question, I feel like, which is potentially kind of connected, which is about smear tests, which we yeah. were talking about. I feel like, I mean, I had my first smear this year, which... Well I was, uh, I, was uh, you know, I got the letter and I was like straight away let's just do it yeah. like I'm not going to think about it and I'm really glad I did and I said as well as the internet being an amazing educator with things like that and I think it's quite a good prompt because I think when there's communities online with blogging or like Instagram people are like oh no it's amazing you should go and do it but I think it also kind of embeds a bit of a fear because people are going it's not as bad as you think and you're like I didn't think it was bad to begin <sighs> with and then you kind of get so worked up but I went and it was like it was five minutes like yeah. it was the most, uh, like, it was quicker than going to the dentist, doing all these other things I'd rather not do. And I felt so relieved after I'd done it. I, I think know. it's the unknown as well, it because we're unknown, not educated. Yeah. And then, you, like, in, in school where, you know, a person got a tampon stuck inside them for a week, did it actually happen, or was that yeah. just was that just a rumour no, circulating? I, I think, yes, yeah, smears are a bit like that. And then, I mean, as soon as I went in, I kind of made a couple of... Because I didn't... I think, I, well, I went in for something else, and then the nurse said she's like actually let's do your smear now because it's all connected and it'll be yeah. quick and so I was I was completely caught off guard I was like oh, I've had no time to prepare like prepare in what way you've not oh, given your vulva a facial well that's <laughs> and, and she just kind of went she was just like obviously completely didn't care yeah and then you know you make all these jokes like oh god I bet you've seen it all before and she's just like done and it's not even it's like not even a thing. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. So first of all, smear testing is basically the number one way of preventing spical cancer. So the cervix is the neck of the womb. So that's the bit that is at the top of the vagina, basically. That's the bit that opens up when you have a baby. The There's a really great charity if you want more information about smear tests. And it's called Joe's Trust. Um, they've done loads of studies about why women don't go for smear testing because it's such a massive problem. Um, particularly in Is the, it still a, yeah, like, in this country problem. as Every well? Every year the, the rates are just dropping and dropping. dropping. Uh, particularly in the 25 to 29 um, age group. Really? And that's yeah. when you should be going for your first smear. Mm. So, I mean, yeah, the there's a lot of talk on the internet about how they're really awful but it's really good to see people talking about going for them because yeah. then it does prompt mm. people to think but what it really entails is yeah you go um and you'll need to undress from the waist down then you have to lie on a little couch and then the nurse will ask you to basically you normally put your feet together and then let your knees flop open like a little like lotus position um and then we put a little speculum in so that's just like a very very small uh, it's normally plastic um instrument that opens up the And this is lubricated as exactly. well which is also one of those words but at no point is it like being forced in it's 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 all very gentle yeah yeah and just opens up the vagina so that we can see the cervix and then the brush that we use to take a smear with is basically got very very fine flexible soft bristles and so you rotate it around the cervix and then that's it it's done then we take the um the speculum out a lot of people can say it's quite uncomfortable but it doesn't really hurt hmm and it's just not something you do every day, is it? Whereas if you yeah. probably had a smear test every day, you'd be like, well, that's okay. A lot of people say it. that it, it hurts more when you do it just before your period. So that could be something mm. that if you're worried, you could try and avoid. Um, but yeah, like, so as you say, like a lot of people are quite scared of going because they're like, oh, I haven't like waxed or shaved mm. or anything like that. And that's something that was actually highlighted by a study that Joe's Trust did, that people feel like embarrassed because they have to undress and they the think 70s they need is to... very in fashion and I'm rocking it from <laughs> head to toe. Well you heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then also um as you said Charlotte, a lot of people don't understand what the test is about. A lot of people think it's a test for cervical cancer and are worried about what the results are going to mean. Um so I actually did a YouTube video about what the results mean. So um we'll put a link people, to that. Yeah exactly you can have a little look. Um, but it's not looking for cancer it's looking for abnormalities that could potentially in the future change into a cancer so the idea is about finding these abnormalities in their very early stages and then most will actually go away on their own um, most people don't need treatment but if we do need to treat it then we can remove the cells and again that reduces your risk of getting a cancer so it's something that is very effective. So we know that we have drastically fewer cases of cervical cancer um, since we introduced the screening a couple of decades ago. So it's just something really effective that everybody over 25 should be doing. 
So if you're listening right now and you're potting it off, please, please book it. And I like to give myself a celebratory croissant. Oh, I always tell people to go out and have a nice cup of tea and a piece of cake. Yeah, that's what Mm -hmm. I do. Well, after I had June, I heard, again, rumour, a few people were like, oh, a smear test after a baby is horrendous. And it may have been for that person, so I kept putting it off, putting it off. It It was exactly the same as my smear test before having a baby. But I put it off for a couple of months because I'd heard... And these it, rumors it's and so then I'm... different but it's like such a personal thing i think yeah. you know you know it's, it's like everything like you know when you have sex for the first time you, there's always a horror story mm-hmm. you might hear that someone's like oh they bled until they died or like it's like so <laughs> dramatic not that it's like a similar smear test thing you're like yeah oh i went and then my leg fell off and then it's just like there's always gonna be one yeah and yeah there's all, well you know there's always going to be some people who will unfortunately find something mm. oh completely painful, which is most people do say it really was not as bad as I. yeah it's over before said. it's yeah. begun yeah. It, yeah. it really is exactly. so yeah book book your smear test mm. um and then from smears to periods oh this is great these are all of the questions that i've wanted to ask i wanted to talk about pms and periods and mm-hmm. if there was anything we could do to reduce because you and me oh my god the small I was, just, I was saying on the way here i was like this morning like i've i've had the worst period this week and oh. i was just like this is so apt because I was like I had four like three great days where it was just I mean maybe this is TMI sorry TMI I mean we are this is this this is is the TMI edition I had three days of really like flow and then a day which was nothing I was like I'm out of the woods and then the fourth day (sighs) it was like the heavens had opened I was curled up in bed I was on the toilet chair I was like everything just oh yeah that kind of thing's quite common actually a lot of people say that happens and a lot of people are really worried but it's just, it, it happens. It's, it's just, not a sign of anything nasty that's going on. Bleeding in between your periods is something to go and see your doctor oh, about. Oh, yeah, no, this is... But if it's just during your period, generally speaking... Oh, yeah, no, it's like three it's three days which I'm like, oh, this is totally fine. <laughs> like, no symptoms, I'm happy as a clam. And then day four, I'm like, today I was hysterical and I just, like, was, like, in a, like, a little ball. I'm like, where did this all come from? It's like, the three days of good have been like, how oh, we're building up for this. But I think what we were talking about on the tube, like, period trackers, for me, are very oh, helpful. Yeah. So yeah. I can relate the fluctuation of emotions to my period and um, um, like where we are on our cycle. So have you seen the new one that I've been working on? It's called Moody Month. So oh, yes. It's a period yes. tracker. Sorry, oh, I, I literally heard of it. I have, I have, so passionate. I literally nearly fell off the stool and I was like, I've heard of it. <laughs> tell me, tell me because I've not. So it's basically a period tracker. So I really am a massive fan of tracking your periods because then you can just keep an eye on what's going on with it's your cycle. It's one of my favourite things to do and I love a graph. I don't... God, okay, well, you'll love this then. I don't recommend using that kind of thing as a contraceptive. Uh, you know, you can... They, most of them will tell you when you're going to be ovulating and that therefore when you're fertile, but they're not very accurate for that. So I wouldn't recommend that, but I think it's just really good for kind of getting to know your body. Mm. Particularly if you're having problems as well, it can be really useful because then when you actually do want to go to see a doctor, you've got like a very good representation of what's been going on. And I find it helpful. But Moody Month basically is a way of tracking all your um, changes in your mood and changes in your symptoms um, in terms of physical symptoms. And also things like, did you feel like energized today? Did you feel like really productive? All those kind of things. You can track them all and then it'll give you a report at the end of the month. And I just think those things are really incredible because everyone is different. You can't say that, okay, ladies, on day 25, you're all going to be feeling like this. It's all about what is happening with you. Mm, But then it very much depends on what's going on in your life as well. Mm. Because things like stress um, can really affect your periods. They can cause you to miss a period, for them to disappear completely for several months on end. Um, Also sleep, which is like a massive thing at the moment that I think I'm really glad to see a lot of people talking about it online. Um, And, you know, lack of sleep, a lot of people don't realise, but it can have a drastic impact on lots of hormones in your body, including your female hormones. Um, So that can actually have an impact on on your menstrual cycle and on your periods and there are studies to show that if you've been quite stressed the month um, before your next period or even the month before that your period can be more painful and maybe even heavier that's interesting that's so interesting because I feel like I've been very stressed yeah I mean my best friend just was she uses an app called Clue yeah, I like that one too. Which but is, this one's got a bit more features. Yeah, I feel like yeah. yeah. No, that's I'm thing, going like, over to Moody Month. I'm going to be going over because I I literally like I've been recording like all those things. I'm like, oh my mood, like my mood has only been low in the last two days. But I know that like from looking over the last few mm. months, I'm like, okay, well the last two days of my period are always the worst. Yeah, and, and it's I'm, good to see that because I'm like, if you feel like more prepared and. 
But that's exactly it. You just basically hit the nail on the head, really, because I think that getting to know your cycle and then kind of working out when you might be feeling that way if you weren't tracking it you wouldn't re- I, I can't remember what I had for dinner last night so how do I yeah. remember like how I was feeling a month mm. ago yeah um so I think that's the whole thing with like PMS and and hormonal symptoms is that sometimes just kind of understanding that it's actually a real thing it's not something that's in your head that you're making up and just understanding it's happening for a reason because of all the hormonal fluctuations can make these kind of symptoms much more manageable. Um, and so, like, I think mood is a massive one. But then also a lot of people um, do notice that they get quite bloated. And I think like bloating is something that people are talking about quite a lot these days. I've seen, like, a lot of, like, um, bloggers putting, like, their bloated belly oh, photos God. and stuff. Yeah. And I think that's quite cool to see people yeah. talking about I can't believe like that. But the, sorry to interrupt, but the difference... Like, I will literally try... Like, if I tried these trousers on when I was due on my period, I probably couldn't do them on. My best friend calls it blood belly. Oh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay, I've never heard that one before. Yeah, but it's just kind of having a, you know, the concept that you, these are real things that are happening for a reason. It's not just... You, you didn't put on weight. You don't need to start smashing it at the gym. It is just the fact that your body is reacting to your hormones. Why do your boobs get bigger when you join your period? So it's often due to water retention. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you're, you're making lots of progesterone and that can cause water retention. Yeah, because I tried to your... a dress on and my mum was like, wowzers. And I was like, <laughs> period's due. <laughs> you're like, woohoo. Just call me Pamela Anderson. There are just so many things that we take into consideration that, like, even this, like, having changed like looking at different like apps and trying to actually record what's going on Mm. it makes you realize how many fluctuations there Mm. are during that time of the month like I was like oh god this is so down to my period like even earlier I said I was like getting really tearful and being really dramatic about things I was like I know exactly why I'm feeling like it which almost helps you it's quite reassuring because you feel like I know why I'm reacting in these ways and I know why I'm getting like I mean I feel like my periods are so connected to my stomach and stool and all of those things oh definitely yeah Yeah, and what sorry to interrupt but I this podcast is so TMI. Yeah, I stools, I go sorts. to the toilet for number two way more when I'm on my oh, period. Like I'm like a factory. Yeah. So why, why is poops. yeah? Why is this? That. So period so poops are totally a thing. And again, that's something people don't really talk about. Oh god. Um, I kind of like it. I'm it's like, I don't know what's clear. coming out. <laughs> I, don't know, I feel like my cramps are so bad that it's just my body going to anything that needs to come out. Just get it all out. Like, So you're, the reason why you get period cramps is because you produce something called prostaglandin. And so it's a, it's a chemical messenger that makes your womb contract to squeeze all the blood out, all the blood in the tissue yeah. that's coming out. So the, the period blood, basically. And your bowel will also react to those chemicals. And so they cause your bowel to kind of like, they can and your bowel's like, oh, have a bit of spasm or yeah. you can get a bit of diarrhea. That's not abnormal at all. And like a lot of people say they know when they're coming on their period mm. because they oh, yeah. get diarrhea. Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, it's just all the chemicals. It's the wonder we leave the house. I know. I just, I you don't know. think men would if they had periods. I'm telling you. That's why I think when we talk about it and like when I read a really interesting article recently where someone said they had a really bad cold and that's how they got off work instead of saying that they had bad period pains yeah. because there is that almost thing it doesn't feel validated enough whereas actually it's like there's a lot going on during yeah, that time definitely. and it can be incredibly difficult and painful and hard to manage and I think until we actually start saying do you know what I can't come in because I'm really suffering. People won't take it seriously necessarily because they're just like, oh, no, no. Yeah, I think that's also because a lot of people don't talk about their periods. So a normal period to most people is what their period is like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so a lot of people don't have a normal period, but they don't realise it because they've never heard what other people's are. And I guess maybe there isn't a normal either. Yeah, absolutely. Well, they're kind Kind of of I guess they're kind of... Well, the the 28-day cycle, I'm... 36 but before I had June I was on a 41 day cycle and that was the only reason I knew I was pregnant because I was on 56 days and I was like even for me (laughs) 56 days is is quite long but my cycles I know from my app are 36 days now and they used to be 41. Yeah so that's good so that's a good reason to use an app because then you've noticed that that uh, pattern whereas (laughs) oh you might be pregnant. So, I mean, a normal menstrual cycle, according to a textbook, is 28 days, but only about 10 to 15% of women have a 28-day cycle. So anything that is from 21 to 35 days is considered normal. Mm -hmm. Anything outside of that would be a little bit abnormal, really. So 
a normal period would be one where you bleed for maybe three to five, maybe six days, and then your next period would come about three weeks after then. So that would be your sort of 28-ish day cycle. Mm -hmm. And a normal period is really anything that isn't too heavy and isn't too painful. What's too heavy? Well, a textbook says that 80 mils of blood is a heavy period, but no one really sits and measures it. (laughs) But if it's is it too heavy for you, basically? Are you still able to go out the house? Mm, Are you so, you know, are you changing pads all the time? Do you put tampon in and then 10 minutes later you need to change it? That's kind of a sign that maybe your period is a bit too heavy for you. But some people will tolerate a very heavy period and not have a problem. Others won't. So what suits you? And then it's normal for it to be a bit painful to the point where you might need to take um, some painkillers like paracetamol, ibuprofen. But if you're literally like clock watching thinking, oh my gosh, when can I take painkillers again? Mm. That again might be a sign that you need to go and see your doctor because maybe something's not quite right. So they're the things to look out for really. And um, talking about um, doctors, obviously it'd be great if you were everybody's doctor, but have you got any advice for anybody that maybe has been suffering various symptoms and they've gone to their doctor and and they might not be very sympathetic or they might Mm. be kind of like it's a period, deal with it, or any kind of women's health issues, what 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 advice would you give people or where to go next I think with just that kind of thing? be really persistent because you shouldn't be told you just have to get on with it. You know, if it's something that's really bothering you, if it's something that's affecting the way you live your life, then it's something that you need to go and see a specialist about. So if your GP is, like, fobbing you off, I think you need to go back, go and see another GP, if not try and change to a different GP practice even, I think be really persistent because you know your body and if you're worried that something's not right, then you need to try and work out why. Completely. Um, I've got one more question and it was more kind of what are the most common complaints you think are potentially avoidable or preventable? Like is there anything that you see on a daily or weekly basis where you think if people just had more education or is there anything we can do to help ourselves basically? Yeah, I think, um, well, we talked about vaginal discharge. Mm -hmm. I do think that we need to be more aware that that is a very normal thing. It will change throughout the cycle. So after your period, it will normally be quite like thick and you can get quite a lot of vaginal dryness around that time. And that is due to the hormones. Then if you're not using any kind of hormonal contraception, then you'll ovulate in the middle of your cycle. So if you're having that 28 day textbook cycle, you'll ovulate around day 14. So you release an egg. And when that happens, you get quite a thin, watery, like egg whitey discharge. And so that's something to be aware of because that's something people often, I see a lot of people who are coming off the pill. I literally was about to like put my hand up and be like, I get that. I know, I was thinking that. I know what you mean. Yeah, exactly. It's funny because you never think about all those different types, but actually you saying it makes you think, I know that. Yeah, 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 I get that. Yes, (laughs) So I see a lot of people who are coming off the pill Mm. who maybe you have been on it for a long time, which is also fine if you've been on the pill for a long time. There's no too long when it comes to the pill. But um, a lot of people who've been on it for years haven't been ovulating because of the fact that they're on the pill and that's how it works. And then they're like, oh my God, I'm getting all this discharge and it's so there's so much of it. It's a good sign. It means that your body's working. So it means you're ovulating. So again, if you're using, if you're trying to get pregnant, you can use that knowledge to your advantage because then you can use that to know that that's when you're fertile, basically. And then after that, the discharge will be very thick again, and then your period will start. So it's kind of understanding that it's not always going to be the same every day of the month. It's going to change. That's one thing that I think we need to be more aware of. But then also the fact that you don't need to do anything about your discharge. You don't need to wash it away. You don't need to use all the products that we mentioned before. I think that's so key. Another thing that I just think we should touch on as well is that a lot of people don't realise how important it is to go for sexual health screens. So one of the questions that I ask every patient that I see is, have you ever had a sexually transmitted infection? And a lot of people will say no. So then I'll say, okay, so when did you last go and get tested? And then I'll say, I've never been tested. So if you've never been tested for an STI, you can't confidently say that you've never had one because most of them are actually asymptomatic. So that means that you won't know you have one, you don't have any symptoms. So chlamydia is the most common 
STI in the UK. And in women, about 70% will be asymptomatic. So they won't have any, everyone thinks you're gonna get abnormal discharge or pain or bleeding, or whatever. It, those can be a sign, but most people won't have that. So it's so crucial to, to go and get tested. Yeah. And There's a lot of checklists. I know, <laughs> I know. It's, that thing is like, that's something that no one ever thinks to, you know, you don't ever think to do. Yeah, so, but this is thing. So we've talked about quite a lot of things, but it doesn't have to be complicated. I think the crucial things are to make sure that you do have your smears when you're invited yep. and you'll automatically be invited when you're 25. I like the word invited as well. Yeah, like exactly. it's a party. Please do our It's like a secret member's club. Yeah, exactly. So secret member smear club. Um, then STI screens. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, don't use your Volvo washes, masks, exfoliants, whatever. You With don't an need STI them. STI screen, where would where do you just go to your doctors for that? Like what do you like So you need to go to the sexual health clinic. Right. Okay. So GPs most GP surgeries don't offer full sexual health screens. You can check, yours might, um, but you need to have the works. So you basically, if you go to a sexual health clinic, you'll get um, tested for lots of different STIs and some of them need a blood test. So if you're checking for syphilis, which is actually on the rise in the UK, and also HIV, it needs to be a blood test. So most of that tends to be done in the sexual health clinic. They'll all have drop-in sessions and most of them you can get an appointment to. If you're around the London area, there's a really great service called SH24, and it's a postal um, sexual health check. It's incredible. Mm. So you go on the That's website, amazing. you put your details in, and they'll send you a kit, and it's a self-swab, which is not as scary as it sounds. All the instructions are there, and then it's literally just like a little finger prick. Like, you know, like if you're oh, diabetic, yeah. you have to like, yeah. check your glucose. It's just something like that. You give them a bit of blood and send it all in. And then they'll contact you with the results. And then if anything comes up as positive, they can help you get the treatment that you need. And they'll also do um, partner tracking. So try and work out who um, that you might have slept with needs to That's also incredible. get tested as well. So it's really amazing. So if it's only around the London area. Um, so just check and you can put in your postcode, I think, and they'll, um, they'll let you know if they cover that area. But it's really incredible. So... There are lots of ways in which you can do it. How good is that? It takes away that kind of worry as well if you are conscious about yeah. doing that thing. So you've got smears, sexual health, MOT. And yeah. ditch all your wipes and your ditch washes. Ditch your wipes, washes. Yeah. And your facials. Exactly. Yeah, no facials. And use a period tracker. I think it's really helpful. It just makes me feel like I've got my life together if I track my period. So Everything yeah. else can be falling apart and I'm like, but... Here she is, day 35. <laughs> but we know exactly what's going on. I do have a... a bit after my period and I'm the most productive person in the world so I'll have like that PMS thing have my period and then a few days after my period's gone I am like superwoman I, yeah, I don't know that's amazing because then if you kind of get to know those little things that happen throughout the month for you you can use them to your advantage yeah so you can kind of schedule loads of meetings on those kind of mm. days or like days when you know you're gonna be feeling crap maybe don't plan Anything going out in, yeah. with your friend after work because you probably won't want to go or something there's just so many things that a period tracker can actually tell you. You have been amazing. This has been the most interesting I episode have ever. I absolutely loved chatting to you. No offence to our other guests. I feel, I feel like it's one of those things, when we ever talk to people on here and we have guests, they have so much knowledge, you, I really try and not kind of project all of my like questions onto or like, any of my symptoms. I'm like, it's not why we're here, it's not why we're here. But it's just so much information to take away. But if you go onto Anita's Instagram, there is so much information. You can scroll back and scroll back and you have talked about different reports, different trends, all to do is with, with women's health. So you are gyne geek, so spell that out. That's G-Way. 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 G-Way, that's not even a letter. G-Y-N-A-E-G-E-E-K. There we go. I wasn't going to spell go. that. And if you want to pre-order, has your book got a title? Yes. What is it's it? It's called Geek, your no-nonsense guide to down there healthcare. And you can oh, pre-order that on Amazon now. And pre-orders are really, really important for book sales. So go and support pre it. Pre-order it yeah. and it will be with you. Is it at when next It's time? coming out on the 7th of March. 7th of March, it will yeah. be with you and you will be enlightened. And Hopefully. we'll put links to Joe's charity. Yeah, so Joe's Trust. Trust. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to leave. <laughs> Um, and then also there's Joe's charity. Joe's Charlotte. <laughs> right, so since Charlotte's lost the plot, there's going to be links. There's to gonna be links to Joe's, Joe's Trust, Trust, Moody Month, SH24, and the Gyne Geek explaining cervical screening results on YouTube.
Yes, and just Charlotte's just lost a job. And fl- yeah, and, <laughs> I'm taking You're over. You're so efficient. And new co-host as of next week will be Anita. Thank you so much. <laughs> I cannot wait. We'll be talking about telly talk. I'm telling. Well, she doesn't watch telly. She's not got time. And also, <laughs> Anita's, Anita's knowledge of day spas in London. Oh my! Also goodness. exceptional. Yes, I forgot to tell you my little like interesting facts about myself. Oh please! So my surname is the Greek word for uterus. Stop! I mean, no way! Did you not so know good. that till you met your boyfriend, or did you know that previously? No, I knew that previously. Oh my goodness! So your name that... is Anita Uterus. Basically, <laughs> the stars have. So aligned. the context is that Mr. Gynae Geek is Greek. Just for anyone who didn't know that, but that uh, is so indefinite. That this yeah. is a book. Well, off air, I'll tell you the tale of how we met. Oh it's my good. goodness! <laughs> well, thank you very thank much. Thank you I'm... so much. You have been a joy to have on. Thank you. Thank you. You've been amazing. I'm going to go and track myself. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do now. I'm overwhelmed. <laughs> I just need to sit down and think. <laughs> thank you so much. Thanks, Anita. Bye bye.